Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, and uh, we are continuing our journey through Scripture. We're going to finish up uh, the letter to the Ephesians uh, that Paul wrote in the New Testament. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. So if you want to go read read those two chapters, and then we're going to uh, look at them. Uh, these have uh, some of the um, the, the more familiar passages in the in Scripture, uh, for example, the the armor of God, and also one of the more controversial, the wives submit to your husbands passage. So uh, so let's look at Ephesians chapter five and uh, six. So we're uh, at the point where uh, Paul has talked about how we are uh, to be imitators of Christ. We are to to live differently uh, than the culture around us. Um, and uh, chapter 5 starts off, uh, says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. Um, um, then it kind of starts listing some of the things we need to avoid. Verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is, hitting, uh, it is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. Right, so we should be about uh, being respectful, understanding the, the blessings that have come from God, uh, giving thanks rather than complaining and, and, and uh, turning things uh, into to, to worldly and filthy uh, and, and coarse subjects. We should, we should focus on being thankful for what we have, for uh, who God is, what he has called us to do. Uh, chapter five, or verse five. Um, for this, you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. So, in other words, you know this this kind of uh, behavior will be common. Um, in the in the world around us, but we choose not to be partakers in it. It doesn't mean that we don't reach out to those who are involved. It doesn't mean that we don't love those who are uh, involved, uh, but we should not be partakers uh, in it. Um, verse 8 says, For we, you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness, righteousness, and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now that, that's uh, interesting that it specifically says that, that we are not supposed to partake, but we are supposed to expose um, and call out that which is uh, spiritual darkness. Um, verse 12, For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is, is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, uh, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And this is uh, important. Uh, we live in a time in history where there's a lot of things um, that are starting to be accepted as good and moral. Um, that I believe go contrary to uh, the teaching in Scripture um, and are things that are spiritually dark. Um, and when you call them out, there's a few different reactions. Some is to say, oh, why are you being so bigoted um, that you would uh, not accept someone's uh, actions or their choices? 
Um, the other that I think is more prominent within the church um, is that, well, why, why, are, why are we engaging in that? We are just called to love um, um, others. Um, we are not, not called um, to cause this kind of controversy. Yet, if we are called here specifically to expose those things which are dark, um, that, that, that puts us in a, in a difficult position. Um, because yes, we are both to love uh, those who are um, uh, enslaved to spiritual darkness, but we are also so, supposed to call out the spiritual darkness which enslaves them. Um, and so it's it's a tough position to be in. Um, and sadly, um, you know, people uh, a lot of times don't like to get uncomfortable, um, but we are called. Uh, to be the light. And then we live in this world, too, that talks about, well, who are you to say that your belief is right? Well, you know, we've gone through a lot of the Scripture, and it's amazing to me how many times the word truth is used. Um, And I know we live in a postmodern time that tries to claim that there is no truth. Um, And they try to make that claim as if it's true. Um, (laughs) We... We live in weird times. Um, something is true. Um, and I, I understand that there are those who will disagree that this is what is true. Um, but uh, if, if you uh, claim to believe in God, uh, the, the God presented to us in Scripture, then He is true. He represents what is truth. Um, and, and we need to live by that truth and expose the darkness in comparison to that truth. Um, not the truth that the the world wants us to embrace. Um, we continue uh, on in chapter five. Um, it talks about walking in wisdom. I think this is extremely important for us today. Uh, verse fifteen: See that you walk and walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Yes, be careful. Be wise. Keep your eyes open. Recognize what's going on around you. Do not put your head in the sand. Um, Do not just go along as if everything is fine. Recognize the days are evil. We need to be wise in how we handle them. because, And the reason is, is because we will easily start joining in um, knowingly or unknowingly to very ungodly things if we are not uh, walking in wisdom and seeking God's wisdom uh, each and every day. Um, verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Um, and do not be drunk with wine in which, is, uh, in, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Um, uh, give thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Okay, now that's that's the main point here that of of how we are supposed to be imitators of God, submitting to each other in our relationships, the way that we deal with each other, the way that we deal with the world. Right, we expose those things that are dark. We submit to each other who are trying to live together uh, um, un- under God. Um, that's the big point. Then Paul uses some common examples um, of how to live differently than the culture around you. Uh, and so I always find it 
uh, incredible um, <laughs> how immature and frankly stupid we are as a people. Um, you know that we can't recognize that there are cultural differences and and changes. Um, back then, you're especially you're dealing with a huge Greek influence. Um, the average age difference between a man and his wife was close to 12 years. It was a contractual agreement. Um, it was uh, uh, the, there were household codes of how the household was going to run. All um, uh, good Greek or Roman households would have these codes, and the, the husband was always the head of the household. Um, the the wife had very few rights. Um, not to say that there weren't marriages that the husband and wife loved each other, um, but there was a kind of a common thought uh, among many Greek and uh, Roman um, uh, elites that uh, the wife was for bearing children and prostitutes were for pleasure. Um, and that was, that, that was uh, fairly common. Um, and, and so that's the culture that that we're in. And, and I know we, we love to be on our high horse, high and mighty. Um, now that we're looking back of 2000 years of Judeo-Christian influence, which moved us away from that hideous practice of household codes. Uh, and so we think that we would never have done that. You know, we, you know, we are completely blinded to the things that will be written about us in history um, that, that probably people will look back and say, how in the world could that group of people believe that? Um, so th- don't, don't get too high and mighty on this. I really, it, it really, I, I, frankly, I'm tired of it. Um, but, uh, so we have become, gotten to the place where we recoil at the, the phrase, uh, wives submit to your own husbands. Again, remember it right before that, it said, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Okay, um, Then uh, Paul uses examples, and he uses the household codes as examples. And he says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be, uh, be to their own husbands in everything. Right? Um, it's, it's really not... Not all that complicated of a of an issue. Um, it's it's talking about respect. It is talking about that the husband is to take care of the household. Because guess what? In that culture, for sure, if the husband didn't take care of the household, the household would be destroyed. And guess what? Shocker of all shocks! If there is not a husband who is leading his household today, that household has a lot more difficulties and a lot more challenges and problems. Please do not overcomplicate this. And then I love how, so we just read the, you know, what our culture considers is the bigoted and evil view of wives submitting to their husbands. Then verse 25 goes, husbands, love your wives. Okay, there would not have been another household code that commanded husbands to love their wives. They would have been commanded to take care of them because, of course, they were there for children because they were their property, right? So you would take care of your property, but they would not have commanded the husband to love his wife, uh, especially as Christ loved the church and gave his life for the church. So the husband 
is supposed to love his wife to the point that he is willing to give his life for her. Um, this is completely different. And I know that men haven't always done this and they will claim they will, they will focus on the first part of this and they will tell their wives to submit and then they will not love their, uh, and their wives as Christ loved the church. Um, well, that's because they're sinful. And we live in sinful, um, uh, in a fallen world. It doesn't mean that it's that this is wrong, right? If we actually followed this, uh, things would be much better. Um, and uh, it continues on. It says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or such things, but that he should be holy and uh, without blemish. Again, Paul is talking a lot about the church and Christ, um, and using this paradigm of husband and wife. Uh, then verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no other uh, hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So the wife submits to the husband, the su- husband loves the wife, and loves her more than his own body and cherishes her and nourishes her and takes care of her. Uh, for no, uh, for we are all members of his body and his flesh. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. Verse 33. Nevertheless, this is kind of the sum- summary. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular uh, so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, I, 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 I'm not going to go on. If if you have um, if you have an issue with that, um, then maybe um, following the God of uh, all creation is not for you. Um, <laughs> chapter chapter six. It continues on. Children, obey your parents uh, in the Lord. Honor your father and mother. Um, and then it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admon- admonition of the Lord. Uh, it's vital that that happens because if not, the household starts to fall apart. Um, it is worse off for children. Um, and now, again, we live in a fallen world. So do we always have good parents that love their children? No. Do we always have good children that love their parents? No. But this is the ideal. This is what we should be striving for. Then it talks about uh, bond servants and masters or slaves. Um, again, we've talked about this before. Um, This is not exactly slavery like we think of in the South, um, but it 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 was an evil practice. And um, there is no uh, affirming this practice, but this is what the culture was. And so Paul is saying, well, how do we deal with this type of culture? And by doing this is why now we look at slavery as uh, abhorrent. Right? Um, it's because we've had 2,000 years of a Judeo-Christian influence. Um, but bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, um, right? Not not just be, because you're doing it to please men, but as as you are uh, pleasing Christ, as you are serving uh, Christ. And then it says in here, which again, this is part of the household codes that were very normal at the time. Um, it throws in chapter verse nine, and you masters do the same thing to them. Give up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and is no partiality with him. So it's saying, as the master, you have no right to treat 
your slave as subordinate, as inferior. Um, I, I promise you that wasn't always in the other household codes. Um, and then we get to the armor of God. Uh, verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all this to stand. Because we are supposed to stand up against that which is evil. This is clearly, it is a spiritual battle that we are in. Um, Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against uh, one political party or another. It's not against that. However, the spiritual entities that are there uh, um, empower and use institutions and use people to perpetrate ideas and ideologies that are evil. And so therefore, we have to stand up against those ideologies that are evil. And unfortunately, that means we have to stand up against those who are promoting those ideologies. Does that make sense? So it is a spiritual war, yes, but it is one that plays out in a physical reality. And we must be prepared to do that. We must be prepared to battle that. And it goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God. The first thing, what is the first thing? Having girded your waist with truth. Right? Again, the, one of the first tenets of postmodernism is that there is no absolute truth. The first tenet of going to battle Again, the spiritual realm and living for Christ is that you base your life on truth, truth that comes from him. Um, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, right? so you're, you strive to live your life uh, in a right way, right living, having uh, shod your feet with uh, gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith, having faith that you are, you are following uh, the, the one who is true and good, um, uh, even when the, the arrows come. Um, it says, uh, and then take the helmet of salvation, uh, that you, you know that you are saved no matter what, that you are, your hope is found in Christ and in Christ alone, and the sword of the Spirit, that you are taking the truth, the truth of God, that you are using that. Um, to deal blows against the evil ideologies of the world. Um, and, uh, and then he, he closes out um, with, you know, just kind of some of his, uh, how things are, are going um, and the importance of praying to, together and of, uh, of understanding that as the people of God, uh, we all are called to this battle uh, and to engage uh, the spiritual forces that we see around us. Okay, we're going to stop there. Uh, we will be in 1 Timothy. Um, probably do about the first three chapters of 1 Timothy um, on Tuesday. All right, we'll see you then.